It's the Tim Cornwall Show with Joe Santorsa. Bringing you news from the front lines of the battle to restore the soul of America. And now, here's your host, Tim Cornwall. Hey there, everyone, and welcome to episode 689 of the Tim Cornwall Show for Sunday, March 12, 2023. And I'm joined again, once again, by my co-host, co-producer, and resident Photoshop expert, the one, the only Joe, at Marnus3. How are you, Joe? I'm doing fine, Tim. Glad to be here. Glad to have you back. Also joining us, Sue in Rockville. How are you doing, Sue? Everything is okay. The grandkids just left, and I am got my drinks, and I'm ready to chat. Yay! All right. And also joining us, T. Brown. How you doing, T? Fabulous, fabulous, sir. Glad to have you back. And we have a new guest joining us this week. I'd like to introduce Daryl Irving. You are SWIRVN91 on TikTok. Welcome, Daryl. Thank you, sir. Glad to be here. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, uh... I was born and raised in Gary, Indiana. Uh, my grandparents used to live across the street from the Jackson family when they were growing up. Uh, I eventually left Gary, Indiana at the age of 17, went to the Navy, spent 10 years in the Navy, left the Navy uh, after doing several combat tours overseas with the special teams, and then uh, Moved to Ohio. My wife and I have almost 30 years. Uh, we settled down in Ohio, where I've been in the telecommunications industry for the past 22 years. Oh, okay. Uh, cell towers, hard line cable, fiber optic splicing. Uh, I've I've done I've done a little bit of everything in this business. Yeah, that's that's awesome. We're so glad to have you. Well, thank you. I appreciate the invitation. Yeah, so good tell, to be here. Tell us a little bit about your your uh, TikTok account. What do you talk about? Well, mostly on my TikTok account, it's it's cooking because I'm also uh, an amateur chef. I discovered uh, the world of cooking back in 2004 uh, when I when I had to get myself off of the PTSD medication, and I I found something else to focus my attention on, mm, okay. and it it turned out to be cooking. That was when I discovered Gordon Ramsay, <laughs> and uh, and I just kind of took it from there. You know, as long as I had something to focus my attention on, I was okay and I was fine and um, stuff like that. And uh, so it's usually politics and cooking. Um, I am, I guess if I had to describe myself from a political standpoint, I would be a left-leaning independent. I've been a registered independent for about 32 years now. Okay. Uh, and that gives me the ability for to be able to vote for who I feel has my best interest at heart. But that's pretty much what my account is all about. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We're glad to have you, Daryl. Welcome to the show. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. Thank you. And T, what's happening down North Carolina way? Well, we're actually looking at snow. Really? (laughs) From 60 to 33 degrees, snow and rain and slush. Yeah, it's a good day. Wow. We're supposed to get some flurries today, I think. So it's gotta, it's gotta start soon. Yeah, I'm ready for spring, man. I am ready for spring. <laughs> so what else is going on, T? Uh, it's pretty quiet here in um, in NC. My um, original place of birth, West Virginia, is acting up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they've decided that. Um, well, actually, there really is no limit to how young someone can get married. Oh, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm, 12, 13 is just fine. 
Wow. <laughs> and yeah. who's, who's gro- how's that song go? Who's grooming who? Right. There you go. Yeah. There you go. And it's not the liberals. Yeah, I think Sue. I think it was on uh, Stephanie Miller show this this past week. I, I think I I think that's where I heard it was. They said I think it was Jody Hamilton said that uh, the the number of minors who actually got gender reassignment top or bottom surgery in the United States in 2022 was 50 in all of the U.S. Mm-hmm. Yep. Five zero. Is, yeah, these are just fake. These are all fake you know, buzzwords to scare people. None of them are based in reality. You know, everything, look, it's a very simple rule. And Daryl, I respect the fact you're an independent and you can make your own choices. You assess the data. But let's be very clear. The Republican Party as it exists today is a bunch of insane assholes (laughs) who are desperate to impose fascism. And this is the way they do it. You seek out the weakest and exploit them. And that's why it's it's a racist group, anti-Semitism, racism, minorities, homophobia, transgender. Pick, pick the weakest. And now they're going after kids. Mm-hmm. Okay? Look what's been proposed in the last year from relaxing child labor laws, from relaxing when children can get married. I mean, they, you know, we used to joke that the phrase was that the Republicans hate the fe- love the fetus but hate the child because all their care about ba- about a, a fetus ends the minute it's born. That's a and fact. And they prove it every single time. But now, hate the child has become the new mantra of the Republican Party. Yes. So, of course, they're going after transgender kids because they don't know any. Those of us who have and have people in our family or extended family who we love understand what that is all about. And listening to the parents or transgender people having to defend themselves or ask to be treated with kindness pisses me off because (laughs) this is insane. We are all, I'm going to say this for the thousandth time, so forgive me, but we are all the same inside. And Daryl, what you said uh, before we went on about spilling blood, when you are there fighting with the people who are there to protect you, with your fellow servicemen, no one's checking what race you are, what color you are, what nationality you are, what sex you are. You are together protecting each other's lives. Exactly. That's and right. and until been. these goddamn Republicans are extinct, this version, this this uh, this is an abortion. This we have to abort the Republican Party as it exists now. I don't I know what will rise 100%. from its ashes. Anyway, that's my rant for the day. You got me early. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> yeah, well, that's this is like Hal Sparks uh, stand up from years ago. <laughs> it's like when the dinosaurs come back and the Palestinian and the Jew are in the cave. All of a sudden, they're on the same side. <laughs> There you go. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Just let me code it, uh, code it to that. Of course, having family in Israel and having been there, what, three times now, um, I can tell you that Palestinians, that Arabs and Jews live side by side all the time. Right. In Israel, life just goes on normally. Well, so do, in, so do Democrats and Republicans it. in and the in U.S. Fact, right now, by the way, the vast majority of Israelis, along with their Israeli fellow citizens, are united in opposition to the fascist Netanyahu, right. who's trying to take over the court system. Uh, but yeah. they voted him back in. 
No, they didn't because they don't do it the same way, T. It's a parliamentary system. So it's all about these consortiums, these groups that get together. And if Israel can teach us one thing about democracy is you never, ever let a fundamentalist group, in a religious group, into your secular government. The problems in Israel all stem from the radical right, the ultra-Orthodox in Israel. Letting them in government was the, they needed them when they established the state. They don't need them anymore. Well, you see exactly. what, yeah, you see what's going on here is, you know, this whole thing about, about putting Netanyahu in charge of the courts is because, because he's not getting his way with the courts in his way. Exactly right. And, and this is all about him having ultimate power to do whatever he wants and nobody stopping him. And, and what did Trump do? What put the Supreme? He just Trump just got to do that with the Supreme Court. Trump. That's why McCall, McConnell can rot in hell for a. You know, people want to be sympathetic to him. Yeah, he's an old man and he fell and he's got a concussion. Fuck you. Okay, <laughs> you single-handedly allowed three Christo-fascists on the Supreme Court that we have to deal with now. He'll be long and gone when, when our kids and our grandkids have to deal with these bastards. So you know. We were talking a couple of nights ago and I and I asked uh, I asked T, I said, OK, be honest with me. What do you think about McConnell falling? And she laughed just as hard as I did because I didn't care that he failed. He is supported just like every single one of them uh, has supported this fascism that's going around. Mm-hmm. We hear these we hear these new buzzwords, these dog whistles or gaslighting, as they call them, uh, being woke. All of a sudden, being educated is a problem now. That's an issue. Um, we see right now, I recently discovered this past Tuesday, there are over 335 laws that are sitting in state house legislation in red states across this country, specifically targeted towards the LGBTQI plus community. Mm-hmm. There are over 125 laws specifically targeted towards women's rights, uh, especially their health care choices. And so as we see these things happening, we look at them, you know, someone like us or, or me specifically, I don't want to speak for everyone on the panel, but someone like me specifically, I look at these things and I say, you know what, if this isn't fascism, I really don't know what is. Right. There was one state <laughs> that wrote a law that said women can't show their bare arms on the floor. That's Missouri. Uh, state House, Missouri. You know, there there's another law that has been written that says if a woman has an atopic pregnancy, that they are going to make sure it's an atopic pregnancy. They're going to get the lawyers involved and do this, that and the other thing while that woman lays there in pain. And even my own goofy governor, I call him Dimwit DeWine here in Ohio. He actually made the statement last year. If a woman has an atopic pregnancy. We are going to remove that fetus and reimplant it into the woman's uterus so that it can be a child. Which, which is not a medical procedure that exists. <laughs> no, that's not a medical procedure. But the very thought, okay, so you're trying to force surgery on someone so that a child can live while hurting that woman. But I'm sure many of you know we had the young girl here who was 10 years old here in Ohio. That's right. She was assaulted, uh, but because of the laws here in my state she had to go to indiana to have that fetus removed you're going to force a baby to have a baby and i sue i agree with you 110 percent. it is nothing but neo-fascism and it the only way we can get rid of it people need to start getting more in tune or woke as they like to say 
and they need to start educating themselves on their candidates. Mm-hmm. And when you have a candidate who says, when you when when you have a candidate who says, look, I am all for the fetus. I don't care about the mother. I don't care about the fact that the mother may have a couple of children already here. We're going to put her life in jeopardy and leave those children motherless, potentially. Um, but we, okay, well, what are you doing to help that child after it's here? Nothing. Mm-hmm. Once it's here, it's on its own. Yep. Well, and we got- you know, and I don't, I personally don't believe in viability because that's the argument they like to make is viability. Me personally, no child is viable until after it turns 18. That's when it can move ah. out of my house, get its own job, make its own decisions and have its own life. There until that happens, no child is viable. Right. Yeah, we got a little sidetracked here from T's introduction. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's all right. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's all right. We good good discussion. Good discussion. But T, you know, the other day when we, when we first heard about uh, Trump's uh, song with the J6 insurrectionists, <laughs> I sent you that, and I believe your yeah. response was, uh, "I'm through." <laughs> <laughs> right. Tell me how did the how did the jail allow that to go on? Right. For them to sing at a political event. Well, I, I believe that was live. They called in live. Well, what I what I read is is they sing this every night before lights out. They do this every night, and I guess somebody probably smuggled in a cell phone or got hold of us. A smuggled in cell phone, and they they called somebody that recorded it, and that's how they got it. Is what my understanding is. So that is needs to lose their freaking job, right? Lose, lose it. That's it. Did they happen to catch a clip of anyone sitting on the toilet saying, "Donald Trump, please save us"? (laughs) Right. Well, you know, I mean, when I heard the song, I had to fix it. Okay. I'm sure you fixed it. Mm Hmm. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. Shut up! (laughs) Right? (laughs) Shut up! (laughs) That's good stuff, Tim. Wow. So uh, nothing says patriotism like a a bunch of uh, insurrectionists in jail for trying to throw through the government singing the national anthem while their instigator (laughs) recites the Pledge of Allegiance. (laughs) You would be correct, sir. Uh, What is this? What on earth is this world come to? <laughs> wow. Wait, 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 wait. But, but they went to the jail to complain about how they were being treated. And they're Antifa. Hmm. They're BLM. Yeah. Well, and and this, this whole thing that Marjorie Taylor Greene is organizing a, a congressional delegation to go to the jail to visit them. I'm waiting for a, a federal judge to, to slap that down because these people aren't, aren't, haven't gone to trial yet. They're incarcerated mm-hmm. because a judge said they were too dangerous to be out in the community. Mm-hmm. 
I think it's a great idea that she brings the delegation there. I just want to make sure that the D.C. Capitol Police are there to arrest all those motherfuckers and stick them in prison with them and let them live with them for a couple of weeks. And then we can talk about how the, how they feel about the conditions. Meanwhile, DOJ can get off its fat ass and start indicting some of the suits right. responsible for January 6th. How's that for a, a, a whole Would- a visit? Right. Would it, be, would it be strange for me to say I'd like to build a time machine and let Margie Taylor Green take her delegation back to like Jonestown? Right. <laughs> would that there be weird? All right. So, T, tell people where they can check you out. Uh, you can check me out over on Tickety Talk. Uh, that is T Brown 105. You can also check me out over on Mastodon. That is at T Brown at O H A I dot social. All right. Thank you so much, T. Always glad to have you. Sorry we got a little distracted there, but <laughs> good discussion. And Sue, what's happening down Rockville Way? Things here. Spring is spread. I have a beautiful magnolia tree outside my front yard, even though it's going to be cold and it might snow on it, but it's spring is blooming and everyone is busy. We are finally getting ready to take our almost 16-year-old granddaughter on her bat mitzvah trip, only three years late. (laughs) So we we will be away at the beginning of April, and we're going to get out of here by hook or crook. And uh, the bookstore, we are the owners of Bren Books. That's um, Bren, B-R-E-N-Books.com on on Instagram and its its own website. And you can find us at Abe, A. Libris, and Biblio. Um, if you're looking for a special book for a special gift, come find us. We'll give you 20% off to, to all Tim Cormall listeners. And, uh, we're, we're just hanging in we're trying to have some fun. We're going to have a little Oscar party tonight just for, for fun. You know, I haven't seen most of the movies and I have no real idea what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you can find me, of course, I'm still on Twitter. I don't know how much longer I keep calling him Elon Schmuck. That's his hashtag, <laughs> hoping that he'll someone. But there's no one monitoring anymore, so I guess I'm there for a little while. But that's at eight four one eight four one nine two zero Mima six, and everything else Mastodon post Spoutable and Instagram and at Sue in Rockville. Um, and I have to say, I just want to make a little plug. I would say, as I've watched the different social media platforms emerge, and I do like Mastodon, and I do like Post, but I think Spoutable is calling me the most. It, it seems to be bringing a lot of people over. I think Chris Boozy and the Bot Sentinel people, you know, they're still in beta, are doing a really slow, careful job of making creating a platform that is troll-free, welcoming and easy to use so we've been trying to get a lot of them stephanie's on stephanie miller's on there now as is her team and um we're trying to encourage people i think all of them are good quite frankly and i i still have no trouble with twitter in so far as the fact that i do a lot of blocking but that's my social media comments for today yeah all right yeah i'm on the spoutable but i don't use it that much mainly just because they don't have an ios app yet so for my iphone but but uh, as they're soon working as they, on it. Yep, I know they're working, working on, it, on it. But uh, every once in a while, I check the website. But uh, yeah, so all right. Thank you, Sue. Always glad to have you back. And Joe, what's happening up Scranton Way? What the hell do you think happens up here? 
Getting some snow? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely nothing. (laughs) Well, at least not since the office went off the air. Right. Um, Let's see. Uh, Well, first of all, we're going to get – we didn't get any snow all year. Okay. So uh, tomorrow into Wednesday, we're going to get 14 inches. Oh, wow. Which is exactly what I wanted. Yeah, That's a lot. <laughs> I think I'm going to lay out there and let it bury me. Right. And let's see. What else? Oh, our, our, um, our, we have, as you know, Tim, we elected our first female mayor. Mm-hmm. And she was uninvited to this, the friendly Sons of St. Patrick's Day dinner. Oh, okay. So. Um, it brought back some memories for me because, you know, my mother was a democratic firebrand, right? Mm-hmm, right. And, um, back in the day when Hubert Humphrey was running for president, um, he was coming here to do the Irish Sons of St. Patrick's Day dinner. Okay. And she desperately wanted to meet him. She was a committee woman here. So she desperately wanted to meet him, but they explained to her that this is just the Irish sons of St. Patrick, and she was neither Irish nor a son. <laughs> right. So anyway, uh, they were going to meet him at the airport, you know, and so he, she, she disappeared that day. I said, well, where are you going? You can't, you can't meet him or anything. And she said, I'll be back. And uh, the next morning i see her picture in the paper all the irish sons of saint patrick sit, standing on the tarmac with hubert humphrey and my mother right next to him right <laughs> <laughs> there you go <laughs> so uh she was not to be uh denied right <laughs> so anyway uh that's where we are i'm not on social media that much because i am anti-social and, uh, but, uh, I'm proud to say my father fought in World mm-hmm. War II. He was Antifa, by the way. Yes, he was. Mine too. Yes, he was. So, uh, that, that's me. You could find me sometimes on Facebook, on, uh, Mastodon, at Martinus3, at mstdn.party, and on WordPress, jsantorsa.wordpress.com, where you can find the clown car update every week. And on Friday nights, 7 to 10 Eastern, I'm over there on It Came From Cleveland on RadioForHumans.com. Oh, there you go. Thank you, Joe. Yeah, my father fought in World War II, and people think, well, how could that be? You're too young. It's because my dad was 48 when I was born. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, my dad was in his early 20s, but he was, uh, him and the captain were the oldest men on the ship. <laughs> <laughs> we um Peter's dad served in the Marines was in the Pacific and he, they were you know he was younger and um of course my father fought in the resistance and was a holocaust survivor along with my mom so um in fact my mother's 100th birthday will be celebrated though she's been gone 10 years we're finally having a family reunion at the end of April and we want to talk about herding cats Try getting my family to get right. My God, it's been an experience. But um, we do this for them. We do to carry the memory. Peter's father 
was such a valiant Marine and, and won medals and carried the scars of that with him forever, which uh, Daryl, I think you understand probably better than any of us, and um, was a loyal and ardent Democrat his whole life because he knew exactly who the Republican Party was and that if you scratched the surface at all, the anti-Semitism came leaking right out, right next to the racism. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In fact, I actually have a photo of my dad from when he was in the Navy in World War II. And, uh, and a friend of mine took it and she um, put a silhouette of the American flag behind it, which is really cool. So I actually had one of those, uh, you know, you can go to those sh- places where you can upload a photo and have a T-shirt printed. <laughs> and I, yeah. I, I had a T-shirt that printed that said Antifa with his picture from the Navy in World War II. And I said, sorry, Dad, we're still fighting Nazis 48 years later. <laughs> right. Well, you know, the slogan in World War II was the only good Nazi is a dead Nazi. And I have still no no problem with that at all. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, thank you. I take no issues with that either. <laughs> thank you, Joe. <laughs> and you can follow me. Uh, well, TimCormall.com is the website for our show. We're available on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts. And we're broadcast on Netroots Radio at 6.30 a.m. Eastern and 7 p.m. Eastern, com, as well as on RadioForHumans.com, Mondays and Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Eastern and 7 p.m. Eastern on during primetime. we got a great Facebook page that Joe runs for us, and let's do the Follow Me segment. Follow me on YouTube. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Facebook. Follow me on Instagram. Follow me on Pinterest. Follow me on Twitch. Follow me on MySpace. What the hell is MySpace? Follow me on Musical.ly. Follow me on Reddit. Follow me on the sidewalk. Follow me on the road. Follow me on WhatsApp. Follow me on Dailymotion. Follow, 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 follow. Hey, Sue, who is your social media friend of the week? Well, you know him and you love him. His name is Buzz Burbank Yay. or Michael Yay, or Michael J. Elson. Mike, Michael is a treasure, a national treasure. He was a newsman for over 50 years. He's retired now, but he's still on the Bob Seska podcast every Tuesday. Um, you can find him at Twitter under my, at Michael J. Elston, but on all the other platforms, Spoutable Post, etc. at Buzz Burbank. And he's just a great guy. He's so accessible. He's he's keeping up with the news. Um, he's doing a lot of posting, and he's just still. He also helps hold media's feet to the fire. Yes, and I have loved him <clears throat> long time. And um, he was also just recently on the last. You know, the Stephanie Miller, Steph Heads and Mooks. Every other week we have a Zoom, and everyone's invited to come to it. If you let me know, I'll send you privately the contact, the Zoom link. And last week, a week ago Monday, he was on our, he came on as a special guest, gave us 90 minutes of his time answering questions and everything. It was terrific. And actually on Tuesday, March March 14th, Pi Day, uh, we're having a special one because Brian Karam, the journalist, will be joining us. Oh, nice. Very nice. So, um, anyway, so, yep, at Buzz Burbank or Michael J. Elston. All right, I'll put a link in the show notes. I listened to him on Tuesdays on the Bob Seska Show, yeah. (laughs) He's funny, too. He's he's funny, he's great. All right, and let's go to T. Who is your social media friend of the week? Uh, My social media friend of the week is Rainy Kane on TikTok. That's at Rainy, R-A-N-I underscore Kane, C-A-N-E. I love her profile. Um, It says, serial liberal, American with common sense, profanity-laden. 
<laughs> That's I great. love Rainy. All right, Rainy underscore Kane on TikTok. Thank you, T. And Daryl, who's your, your social media friend this week? Uh, I don't. I don't really have. Well, I, I guess I would have to say motives underscore Mike. Um, and Mike was someone that I met some months ago. And at the time I met Mike, uh, Mike was sitting in getting dialysis done and he's been on dialysis for about six or seven years now. So we have, we pretty much started a TikTok campaign to help get billboards put up, uh, and help him with medical costs, uh, and stuff like that. So I would, I would have to say motives. Mike is the, uh, is the one that I would pick for this week. All right. All right. So motives, Mike, and that'd be on TikTok, right? Yes. All right. I will put a link in the show notes and Joe, who are you going with this week? Uh, Melvin Bragg. Go figure. Melvin. Alf. Am I okay today? No. <laughs> Alvin as in Bragg, but you know why? Because this week, He's probably going to indict the ex-president of the United States. Right. And good for you. <laughs> I say, Mel, uh, uh, Alvin, uh, good good for you. All right. Good for him. All right. Alvin Bragg on Facebook. All these links will be in the show notes. And uh, I went this week with Brooke Baldwin on Instagram. And uh, she was uh, she was uh, used to be a CNN host, I believe. Joe, you probably remember her. And uh, she's no longer with CNN, but uh, I picked her because she did a, a video on Instagram talking about this whole Fox News business with with uh, you know the, the the Dominion filings. And this is a little bit of a long clip, but uh, I, I just wanted to share this. Hi here. there, not from the United States. Actually, I'm about to shoot something super exciting for TV. None of the details I can share with you just yet, but that's not why I'm sitting here today. I'm here today because I've thought so much about this and I really feel like it's my duty to, to say something. I also realize I'm in this sort of rare position, having spent more than a decade in the cable news machine, and I will own it at sometimes, you know, being part of the problem. But now I am out and I am a viewer just like you and I cannot stop thinking today despite this gorgeous location where we're filming I cannot stop thinking about this Peter Baker reporting in the New York Times specifically the piece about Fox News and election night 2020 and so if you have not read the piece let me just the quick skinny is this so it's election night 2020 it's Biden versus Trump you know for the presidency Fox News was first Fox News was right by the way something you really want to be as any news network in calling a state for one of these people running for president you know they had their fancy multi-million dollar um, uh, updated election projection system up and running they called the battleground state of Arizona for Joe Biden and they did it before anyone and they were accurate in calling it but they had a problem because Team Trump was furious and also by calling it early, it sounds like they lost out on even more monster ratings by not stringing out the results, by not telling the truth when they knew it. And they were mighty upset about that. And what's crazy is how do we know this? Because the New York Times in this Peter Baker piece, actually they got a hold of one of these um, post-election Fox News Zoom calls where it included some of these news anchors, right? Like Martha McCallum and Brett Baer, folks that 
I have admired over the years who were quite upset at the hateful reactions they were getting, not only from their own viewers, but from the Trump campaign. And so there was a quote in the piece, and I want to read this for you. This is for, from one of the Fox News executives, and this is what she said. Uh, she said, quote, listen, it's one of the sad realities. If we hadn't called Arizona those three or four days following Election Day, our ratings would have been bigger. The mystery would have still been hanging out there. In addition to that, Tucker Carlson's texts reveal he was instructing others to, to sort of reel in the truth in favor of Trumpism because Fox's share price was tanking. A clear choice of propagandist economics over truth. And Peter Baker, this New York Times reporter, doing you know what any good journalist does, also reached out to CNN to say, hey, CNN, you know, did you prolong your election night, any of any of the calls for ratings? And their response from this PR person was no. Full disclosure, like I wasn't in any of those rooms among CNN brass on, on election night 2020 making those calls, but there is zero evidence of CNN doing so. There's so much more to this piece, I really encourage you to check it out. But my takeaway is this, that Fox wanted the ratings instead of the truth. Mm -hmm. In fact, they tripped over themselves to choose ratings over truth. Honestly, they look like clowns. And not even like clowns masquerading as journalists, just clowns. And this is all so freaking important because the race to 2024 is already underway. And we, the viewer, deserve to know if we are being strung along or given the truth about one of the biggest decisions that happens every few years in this country. This is our democracy at stake. That's right. And this is also personal for me. I love journalism. My mom, when I was growing up as a little girl, my mom always told me, you know, I was fair, I was trustworthy. She was like, Brooke, you should go be a judge. And I said, no, I'm going to do something very similar. I want to be a journalist. I, I've agreed with the pioneers of CNN who once said the news should be the star. That said, the last couple of years I was hosting my show, how we covered news fundamentally changed. And part of that was because of the then newly elected president in 2016 and his sudden complete disregard for civility and process and truth. And part of it was the way we covered the last president, yes. How we cover the last president, it felt like a personal feud was playing out every day on our air, devouring what I thought was a disproportionate amount of airtime at the expense of other news. And if you started pushing back, you got sidelined. As for all the opinions and opinion overload, you know, I was part of it. My colleagues at night especially were a part of it. And people who turned on CNN, you know, you come for the news, but you perhaps stayed for the opinion. Same with any of the other cable news networks. You just, you know, you go, you flip the channel until you find the host who you most agree with, and then you stay there, right? In hopes of learning about a scoop or greater detail on any given story. But really, if you are not changing the channel to hear the counter view, then cable news has become a confirmation bias eco chamber. Full stop. Again, perspective, that was then. CNN is under new leadership now. Uh, I'm fully rooting for them. I really am. But I'm out, so I can't speak to the, the editorial decisions being made currently internally. But my bottom line, why I'm sitting here today, I am worried. 
on top of getting informed about the state of our democracy. I've been reading about all these studies that are showing how we are all suffering mentally, physically, just from watching the news. And I'm gonna share something I have yet to share publicly. My closest friends know this. Um, and by the way, I, my, I am so proud of my 20 year broadcast journalism career and so proud of these incredible warriors I got to work with through the years. But today, unless there is a major breaking news story, I don't turn on the TV anymore. How do I get my news? People ask me this all the time. I read. I read morning newsletters. I read a variety of newspapers, magazines. You know, we are craving the truth and we need it. But between now and next election, we will become victims and perpetrators of an all-out information war. There are some incredible organizations out there trying to do something about all of this, and, and I'm waving my hand like we all need to do something about it because right now the truth is the news is broken. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I know that was a bit long, but I just felt like I really needed to share that because, well, I don't agree with her really 100%, but I agree with most things she said. May I chime in? Go right ahead, Sue. Okay. First of all, I appreciate everything Brooke said. She's trying to speak some truth to power. I suspect there's an NDA in her contract that paid her a lot of money to leave, so that, but she doesn't tell the whole truth. Mm-hmm. She skirts around it, which is fine. She, she got her message out, and, and you should be afraid. But the truth is that John Malone took over CNN. He is a right-wing billionaire worth $9.6 billion. He installed his butt boy, Chris Licht, as the CEO of CNN. And the minute anyone there who had a franker point of view or a non-GOP lapdog point of view got fired. Um, John Harwood, Brian Stelter, Brooke, Anna Cabrera, the list goes on and on. So the only people left at CNN right now, and I mean the only people left, are the lapdogs who will do their bidding or they get silenced also. So she's right. The news is broken. But it's been broken since they allowed six corporations, all owned by Republican billionaires, to take over 90% of all the media. That's so right. she's right. Don't turn on. You know what? You can watch Rachel one hour a week to get some form of the truth. The good news, if there's any to be had out of this horrendous condition, is that young people don't watch the news anyway. Young people don't get any of their news from from TV or radio. They do their own. And the young younger generation knows that the most media is corrupt and they know that the Republicans are full of shit and don't represent them. And that's why the GOP is hemorrhaging voters. Mm-hmm. Yep. And if I may, to go, piggyback off of her, go ahead. That is exactly what Muscles and Nursing was talking about. Young people are looking to Reuters, uh, Australian Skype, CTV New um, Canada, Mm-hmm. They are looking to outside news sources, various ones, to then compare them to what the corporate media in America is shoveling. Correct. A hundred percent. Yep. And and that's what he was saying. Uh, Muscles and Nursing on TikTok was saying that 30 million people were on TikTok instead of watching television. 
in primetime hours, 7 to, to 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. They're having discussions with other people on TikTok, like you and Daryl were doing. Yep, yep, absolutely. And yeah. let me add to that. Um, I, I was having I was having dinner with my fifteen year old granddaughter, and we were just talking about you know what she's studying. She's taking government this semester, and blah blah blah. And um, she said, "Well, Mima, you know you're socially so so active, so obviously you're 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 fighting against the Willow Project." To which this ignorant grandma says, what's the Willow Project? And she was shocked that I wasn't savvy on it. But it is because of TikTok and that there is a massive uh, influence to try to tell President Biden to not authorize any drilling in the Alaska National Reserve. So I looked up what it was and we talked about it. And then the next day I got a petition to tell Biden to stop it. And I sent it to her and I said, thank you for giving me the information. But that's where she's getting it. And it's the younger generation and they're environmentalists and they know that we're leaving them a sick planet. And we have to help them as long as we're here to try Mm -hmm. to turn that around. And so, you know, I might have to renegotiate my contract with these two now that they're a bit older. Maybe they will let me on TikTok just so I can keep (laughs) abreast of this because you're mentioning some powerful people I think I need to, to listen to. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Definitely. Yeah. So uh so did you get to catch any of CPAC? <laughs> oh goodness. Lord, Lord. Lord, I, I, Lord. I was happy I was happy that he didn't walk out on stage and hump the flag. Right. <laughs> oh my gosh. But I also heard some incredibly horrendous uh, I don't I don't know what else to call it other than fascism. Exactly. I, I really don't know what else we can call it. Nazism, I guess. When you say uh, transgenderism is something that we need to eradicate in this country, you want to take a whole community of people and just eradicate them. What exactly do you mean by eradicate? Does that mean they all have to be unalive? Does that mean they have to be thrown in prison? Like, what do you mean when you say you want to eradicate something? Hmm. Like, we eradicated Ebola. We eradicated um swine flu we we've eradicated so when i hear the word eradicate what i think is you want to kill it Mm -hmm. you know and and that to me is just bigotry and hate at its highest point yeah we 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 we, uh remember something happening like that about oh what 80 years ago sue (laughs) yeah i I don't know just rings a bell yeah just a little bit just a little bit. But yep. uh, John Avalon was on with uh, CNN's Caitlin Collin and uh, Don Lemon talking about it. Trump over the weekend was making his speech at CPAC. He was headlining it. He was really basically the major political force there. There was no room for any other yeah. Republican hopefuls. But he made a comment that stood out to me about what he believes essentially his, his 2024 message is going to look like. In 2016, I declared, I am your voice. Today, I add... I am your warrior. I am your justice. And for those who have been wronged and betrayed, I am your retribution. retribution. It was so interesting to see that be his message when Steve Bannon, when he was speaking, was saying, uh, essentially, it should be, you know, there's no time for on-the-job training when you look for who's going to be the nominee in 2024, what this is going to be. 
Look, I've covered a lot of C's packs as, as, as we all have over the years. And it's always been, you know, described as the Star Wars bar of American politics. It's, an, it's, it's a fringe group that's gotten fringier. Mm-hmm. But you cannot deny the fact that it, it has a lot of pull within a certain sway of the Republican Party. The fact that Donald Trump um, ran away with the poll, the fact that he's leading with that message of retribution. Um, I, I think is what we need to keep our eye on that ball. It's very easy to treat Donald Trump as a, as a, as a sideshow. Because if you look at his you know, posts on Truth Social, if you look at that rambling 145-minute lie-filled speech, um, you'd say that this is someone who is not well. And yet we need to concede that he is right now the front-runner for the Republican nomination, and the, crowd, the more crowded the primary, the more likely he is to win. And so I think there's a danger of sleepwalking past these absurdities, these inanities, these divisive firebombs the former president is throwing, simply because he's somebody who's under multiple investigations right now, uh, somebody who tried to overturn our democracy. But that's not a disqualifier in today's Republican Party. So I think we need to be wide-eyed about that right now. Well, if you look at how we got here, we won't even go back to the campaign of 2016. If you go back to the inauguration speech, that seemed very American carnage to me and very depressing, and, yes. low-energy speech from the former president. And I'm wondering how much of an appetite the American public has for that. If you look at what happened, what it led to, the January 6th insurrection and so on and so forth. I can tell you what appetite they have. <laughs> That's why Joe Biden won, right? <laughs> yeah, Exactly. You know? Can I tick off a few points of this? Mm-hmm. I'm going to tick off a few points. First of all, CPAC was a dud. Oh, it was. Okay? Even even Trump's big Saturday night keynote was less than half filled. We have the pictures to prove it. The people were not there. Anyone who was considered even mildly moderate did not bother to show up. Even DeSantis didn't show up. He didn't want to go. Well, he's a coward and he was afraid to go one on one with Trump. But all of those speakers, you know, they were out there. Now, the penis pummeler, Matt Schlapp, is in a world of hurt of his own. Mm -hmm. And so I think some people are like, you know, that guy's got all these people filing charges again and maybe we should stay home. So the whole thing was a dud. There weren't enough people there. It, it complete, if you compare the images from any of the past ones, you will be happy. It will make you happy. Um, that doesn't mean we stop fighting, but it's good to see that it's been very, it's becoming a more marginalized group again. But the other thing I do want to say, and then this is important. Um, you know, my mantra that all polls are bullshit. Mm-hmm. There's not one poll in the history of polling that has any viable accuracy because all polls are push polls. And it depends on how questions are asked and who they a very select group of respondents. So saying that Trump won the straw poll there means absolutely nothing when you're looking at a very depleted group of people who really represent the hardcore right wing fascist fringe. Um, but at also what a story that got almost no attention is that one of their very minor candidates, this millionaire, what's his name, Vivek Ramaswamy, mm-hmm. yeah. he was offered, he was told that he could pay if he paid about a hundred thousand dollars, if they paid a hundred, if he paid a hundred thousand dollars, he they would give tickets to a group to bust them to vote for him in the straw poll and boost his numbers. And that's happening everywhere. Yeah. So again, it's sort of like the parents, all of these parent groups. It's astroturf. These are cooked numbers cooked books. These are not real people. He turned down the offer and he went to the press. And 
Only Politico picked it up, and then it kind of reverberated for a day or two. But why wasn't there a journalist saying, let's have more discussion? Who approached you? Why did they offer you $100,000? Did you see any piece of media that spoke about this after CPAC, after the poll came out? Yeah, well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Tim. No, go ahead, dear. Well, I was I was going to say, let's look at what the Republican Party has become mm-hmm. since since old T. Rump was elected. OK, um, Nikki Haley, when she gave her speech a couple of weeks ago, she kind of hit the nail right on the head. Republicans have lost the presidential vote by the popular vote. Seven out of the last eight presidential elections. That's right. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's it's like now you have all these states, as, as Sue said, this cringe fringe on the right, they are at a race to the bottom. Let's see which group of people we can marginalize, right? So you get you get Donald Trump up there, and he says, I am your retribution. Retribution for what exactly? Mm-hmm. Because you've lost with all of your people in charge of the elections, you lost. And you came out with this big lie. And people carried on that lie. And this goes to what Brooke was saying. No kind of integrity whatsoever, even though behind the scenes they all knew it was a lie. And so you have these people out there, uh, and we get into these conversations quite a bit on TikTok. No matter what evidence you present in front of them, no matter what facts you give them, I like to call them factose intolerant, as my friend Road Rebel would say. (laughs) They're factose intolerant. Yeah. Okay. I still no matter what fact you give them, you know, like they will say, uh, they say, you know, look, look at look at the gas prices. Joe Biden did that. Okay. Well, how? Well, he shut down the pipeline, and that's when I go, oh, you mean the pipeline that was shut down by the Supreme Court long before Joe Biden was even elected? Not before he was inaugurated. Before he was even elected, that pipeline, the pipeline that wasn't even scheduled to be completed until later on this year. So a pipeline that was never even done, been built, that somehow raised oil prices all over the country. They are factose intolerant. Mm-hmm. They don't want to listen to any fact. And they live in their own bubble of wormholes, uh, rabbit holes, whatever other kind of hole you want to call it. That's what they live. Right. You know, and I saw I, I monitor. I monitored these conspiracy theories. Uh, at least twice a week, I'll get on the different websites and look at the latest conspiracy theory. And the one that has always gotten me is Donald Trump is still running the country. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, you don't even understand your own logic. If Donald Trump is running the country, why are you blaming Joe Biden for inflation? I would, I just, I just don't understand their logic half the time. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, look at what what we saw at CPAC was pure fascism. Well, look, look at what I mean, look at what happened when Trump went to East Palestine, Ohio, you know, 70 something percent of the people in that town voted for Trump. And he came up there and he took Dasani water and stuck a label on it that said Trump, Trump water Mm -hmm. and handed it out like he threw paper towels to people in Puerto Rico Mm -hmm. and gave out red hats. And they were all there sucking it up at the at the McDonald's, right? <laughs> you know, and and not a single person asked him, you know, well, what are you going to do for us to get this problem solved? He used it as a campaign event. It, that was it. You that know, was it. He's not going to do anything for those people. 
Was anybody surprised when he told the kids at McDonald's that he knew the menu better than they did? Right. Was anybody surprised by that? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, we we, okay. we we frequently joke about the KFC buckets, Joe, right? <laughs> you know. And the hamburgers. Yes, we do. Yes, the hamburgers do. and the – right. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, the thing is, is it, it's just – I don't know what it is. And I'm so sick of, of all the hand-wringing on the news about who the next – GOP nominee is going to be for president. Is it going to be Donald Trump? We know it is because not a single person is going to be able to is going to be able to get the voters that are still in his camp. I mean, any, I, sorry, any Republican that goes on the news and said, I'm going to support whoever the nominee is. The news people need to just look them in the eye and say, yeah, in other words, it's going to be Donald J. Trump. And you're admitting you are assuming the position. Right. Yep. That's exactly. it. Yep. I, I hate to say it, but they might as well just make a flag that says Taint Sniffers Unite. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And uh, and uh, over at Fox and Friends, they uh, they were laughing a little bit about uh, about this upcoming feud between the, the name calling between DeSantis and Trump. Interesting. If he ran in New Hampshire, uh, he's so popular as a governor, yeah. I imagine he would win New Hampshire. Uh, the, the, That's a good reason to run. Yeah, uh, I'll tell you what, he's extremely personable. He's a strong candidate. Donald Trump is trying to vilify Jeb Bush and Paul Ryan. He says they're the portion of the party uh, that he's trying to link Ron DeSantis to. He's also working on nickname Ron Dishonest, Ron De-Establishment, or, or Tiny D. I, I don't know. I mean, it, people are uncomfortable. Uh, it's hard to label somebody who's so similar to him with a nickname. It makes it's almost as it makes everybody on all sides seemingly uncomfortable, even people reporting it. Well, I'm just excited to see who the final nominees are going to be before Fast the forward. primaries. Yeah. There's going to be such it's, a it's battle. It's about to rev this. up. Stay tuned. Governor Hogan out. He says the smaller the field, the better chance Donald Trump loses. Yeah. Donald Trump believes bigger the field, the better chance he has. I have uh, yeah. I have to win. But nobody could look at that speech and say he's too old. That's Donald Trump. I mean, Donald Trump was able to chronicle everything he did over the four years, what he would do better. Uh, he was able to do uh, in an hour and a half what Joe Biden, you can give him 20 hours. He would not be able to put together an hour and a half speech like that. Whoop. <laughs> yeah, right. That was Brian Kilmeade on Fox and Friends. Oh, well, snap. Come on. Yeah. Oh, right. So much for independent journalism. They're giddy about about who's about the Republican field. I wonder if they'd be just as giddy about the Democratic field. <laughs> no. I could sit here and I could come up with all kinds of nicknames for Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Like these, these little nicknames. Like I could sit here and call Donald Trump Hulk Hoagie. <laughs> well, we had the okay. clip last week of uh, um, Jimmy Kimmel going through could, all the names he'd called Trump. <laughs> I, I could call him. I could call him Mango Unchained, right? the Fraud Father. I mean, the list goes on and on. You know, so when when I don't know why, I don't know why you have grown men who think calling someone a name is some kind of flex. That that has never resonated with me. You know, if if you're standing in front of me and we're about to throw hands. Yeah, I'm gonna probably call you a few choice words. I'm not trying. I'm not sitting there trying to think of a nickname on the spot. But you know, they sit around, they think of these goofy nicknames, thinking, "Oh, well, I called him the Fraud Father or Tidy Whitey Bulger, uh, Ron DeSanctimonious." <laughs> you know, it, it just. 
I'm not going to be thinking about that leading up to the election. That that has no, and I don't know why they think it's some kind of flex. I mean, these are grown men. These are grown ass men who are acting like children. Right. Yeah, and 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 you know they're yeah, and they're acting like oh, you know whoever if I if I say you have a small dick, <laughs> you know I'm going to beat you in the presidential race. I mean, really? Is that is that how how we vote for people now? <laughs> Yeah, you know, old Bud Mushroom Head ain't gonna be talking about that anyway. Right? We have a firsthand account of that. So, <laughs> well, maybe that's, maybe maybe we need a president that doesn't have one. <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> right, Sue? <laughs> right, T? <laughs> oh, uh, yes. I I I think it's uh, Women's History Month. Maybe it's time. Yeah. Right. Maybe right. it's yes, just time. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I was asked six times about my fingernails today, T. Oh, I'm sorry. That's off topic. My bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> so so Trump gave his speech on uh, Saturday night at CPAC. And then uh, Biden the next day uh, went to Selma and uh, on the Pettus Bridge. I've been on this bridge before as vice president. as a candidate for president. And it was even before as a senator. Because history matters. And now I'm here as your president. The truth matters. Notwithstanding what the other team is trying to hide, they're trying to hide the truth. No matter how hard some people try, we can't just choose to learn what we want to know and not what we should know. We should learn everything, the good, the bad, the truth of who we are as a nation. And everyone should know the truth of Selma. There you have it, right there. Hey, man. Man. Yeah. Now, I mean, talk about the opposite <laughs> Earth, Earth two versus Earth one, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> Trump's yeah. Trump's speech was, and and the, the 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 thing there with Fox and Friends, oh, Trump laid out the things, the last things he did in the four years he was president. No, he didn't. He made up. He made everything up. All of that's just garbage. <laughs> you know. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and you got a president standing on the Edmund Pettus Bridge in Selma, you know, speaking and and just, you know, tell calling it out. I mean, they're determined the Republicans are determined to make sure that, that we don't learn about what really happened in American history. Well, yeah, that and that's why you see um that's why you see things like if if you take ten people and you ask 10 people, what is critical race theory? One of them might actually know, just one out of 10. And it's a class that I've actually taken. And we were talking a couple of weeks back, and uh, you know, I discovered that Jackie Robinson's autobiography had been banned in certain states. Mm-hmm. And so when you, when you ask the question, you know, you got – you got Joe Biden there at the Edmund Pettus Bridge. I think this this marked Joe Biden's fourth time at the Edmund Pettus Bridge. Donald Trump went to McDonald's. Right. He, he's never been to the Edmund Pettus Bridge. Mm-hmm. So when when he calls himself or when he tries to say that, when he tries to say things that like, uh, you know, he's done more for the black community than any other president in history. The overglaring look, they say, well, he funded HBCUs. Yeah, he kind of did, but he really didn't. All he did was take a bipartisan bill because it had to be re-signed every year to fund HBCUs. Mm -hmm. Democrats and Republicans got together in the Congress and the Senate, and they decided, you know what, instead of us doing this every year, 
Let's do it every 10 years. And so Donald Trump signed a bill that he had absolutely nothing to do with. And it's in it's in effect for the next 10 years, you know, uh, whenever it expires. But they'll take that and they'll go, oh, well, he did more for the HBCU. I'm like, yeah, he didn't do any more than any other president did every single year throughout their presidency. Right. And they they overlook those facts, those little details. And I don't know. I I know Tia's heard me say to say it before, uh, but Jim Jones must be rolling over in his grave right now. Right, right. And that's exactly what I was just. What you were a cult is a cult is a cult, and the the people. And let's remember it. it, it the problem is the truth is we're talking about a very small percentage of the American electorate. But they get a disproportionately huge percent of media time in corporate media. And we know why. So we don't, on the one hand, we have to be aware of them. We have to call them out and we have to expose them as members of a cult who will literally kill themselves, which is what old people in Florida have done. Well, mm-hmm. how many old people in Florida died because of, of DeSantis's COVID policies? Right. How many people, how many Republicans died, hello, Herman Cain in hell, uh, from Trump's COVID policies? And yet they mm-hmm. go to the gates of hell, believing, paying $99 for a book of letters. And I have to tell you, I am a bookseller. I have run Ben Friend Books for 20. We're in our 20th year now. We do not sell books by conservatives because they don't read and because they're crap. Well, and because they and don't they sell. they end up on remainder bins. Yeah, they don't sell. <laughs> and you know that, that, and in case anyone has never heard this before, let me just say, since I am in this business, um, what happens is whenever a right, so, so when um, Mike Pompeo's book came out, no one wants to read with that asshole, even though he thinks he's going to run for president. We know the truth about him. So his own company bought $42,000 worth of his books to drive him up on the Amazon bestseller list. Mm-hmm. Then they either give the books away as freebies, give us $5, we'll send you a signed copy of Mike Pompeo's book, or they give them away you know, for a nominal at a loss. After about a month or so, those books get remaindered. So in a, if, in a brick and mortar store, they end up on the 30%, 50% off aisle. And then after that, they get put on pallets, large pallets, bulked up, sent down to recycling bin, sent uh, those huge recycling centers where they are pulped. So the best thing you can say about all these books is that at least the paper gets recycled. Well, there you go. <laughs> Now, Sue, do you think it was the same thing with uh, do you think it was the same thing with Ron DeSatan's book? Because I can't imagine that thing's a bestseller. Exactly. No, no. All of them, they're bought up by the listen, there's too many billionaires who are more than happy to throw a hundred thousand bucks here and a hundred for us it's extraordinary. Like our brains kind of go like go unbelievable. But if you look at the way Elon Musk has pissed away several billion dollars, you understand that money doesn't have the same meaning to them. And tossing away that kind of thing to make DeSantis look good, but no one's gonna read it. And you know, Stephanie Miller, and I really wish you would give her a try if you could, Carol Daryl, because she speaks our language. 
um, they make her. They have a, a T-shirt that says, "We're not buying your stupid book," and it is a pledge that we post on every right wingers or every GOP wannabe presidential candidate. You can publish your book, Nikki Haley. You can drive it up the bestseller. We're not buying it, and we're certainly not reading it. And we right. say that over and over again. <laughs> right. Right. When, and I uh, won't carry them. And uh, so you mentioned uh, Ron DeSantis. Uh, John Oliver had a little takedown of him this week. But DeSantis isn't just another Fox talking head. He sells himself as someone with a proven track record, and he has done some terrible stuff. For instance, at his urging, his state's medical board banned gender-affirming care for minors, and he signed a 15-week abortion ban into law, while recently suggesting he'd sign a six-week one if it reached his desk. But look, lots of Republican governors have done things like that. What makes DeSantis extra popular on the right is his willingness to wage big, symbolic culture wars. He's bragged that he's made Florida the freest state in America while defending its residents from the greatest scourge of our time. Wokeism is really a form of cultural Marxism. The wokeism is the new religion of the left. We are not and will never ever surrender to the woke mob. Florida is where woke goes to die. Okay, first, Florida is not where woke goes to die. It's where wealthy Upper East Side New Yorkers go to die. Get your facts straight. But second, DeSantis says woke. So often it begins to lose all meaning. But if you wonder what he thinks it actually stands for, his general counsel once helpfully defined woke in court as the view that there are systemic injustices in American society and the need to have policies that address them. Which is a hell of a thing for someone to admit to everyone that you are against. DeSantis might really want to invest in a lawyer more willing to lie for him. I actually understand there's one currently wandering around Central Park who is available <laughs> if you can catch him, but you have to be careful, he's slipping. <laughs> DeSantis spends a lot of energy decrying wokeness and empty virtue signaling, although he also seems to spend a huge amount of time doing the right-wing version of exactly that. For instance, there was the time that he waded on, in on Leah Thomas, a trans woman who'd won an event in an NCAA swimming championship. The second place finisher happened to be from Florida, which DeSantis then took as an excuse to come out and do this shit. If you look at what the NCAA has done uh, by allowing basically men to compete in women's athletics, in this case the swimming, you had the number one woman who finished was from Sarasota. We're gonna be doing a proclamation uh, saying uh, that Emma is the best female swimmer in the 500 meter freestyle because she earned that. Okay, aside from being fucking gross and awful, to be very clear, DeSantis doesn't have the power to declare or disqualify winners in college sports, rendering that proclamation completely pointless. But since men in suits seem to be using their platforms to invalidate past athletic achievements out of pure spite, I hereby declare that by signing this, Ron DeSantis' Little League team, the swinging meatballs, did not in fact ever make the Little League World Series. Instead, his team's place will from henceforth be taken by the season six cast of RuPaul's Drag Race. I declare it. Yeah, it is declared. It is done. I mean, come on. That, that was a great. That was a great episode. If you guys that, haven't watched, it, it was oh, a great it's episode. great. That was awesome. I highly check it out. Recommend you check it out. But I don't get this thing. Tennessee banned drag shows. How can you ban something that's on national television? Does it mean they're not allowed to watch RuPaul's Drag Race in the state of Tennessee? <laughs> 
Well, they're too busy in drag shows hiding themselves or trying to purge, find those pictures of them when they were in drag. Right, exactly. Exactly, exactly. But, uh, I'm sorry. Joe, are we ready to go see what's happening down in the Clown Car Garage this week? You're not going to like it. Uh oh. (laughs) All right, let's go see. We have some great, great friends in the media. Sean. And State-run TV, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> well, well. first of all, uh, welcome, Daryl, to the Tim Cormall family. Thank you. Yeah, you're into you're in for a, a, a real ride here. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, um, well, Tim, you know, I've been a critic of the media for a long time. Yes. In, 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 um, in her, her screed, she was saying how... Uh, you know the media uh, needs to be fixed. Mm-hmm. Well, that's true, and, and you know my 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 idea is in the morning I turn on MSNBC mm-hmm. and I look at the Chiron. If it doesn't say Trump is dead, I go to the Tennis Channel. Right <laughs> for the rest of the day. <laughs> so. Um, that that's how I, I and like she said I, I, I read mo- mostly everything but there was a little item this week that uh, you might have missed and the clown car investigative reporters had to go out and find it okay okay so you probably missed this Sue I'm sure I'm you missed sure it I did yes uh, in a statement released late Saturday night it's just last night Fox News is reporting that Tucker Carlson the host of the network's top rated show. You all know it, the Klan tonight. Right. <laughs> Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Was taken to the hospital after suffering life-threatening injuries during an attack by an unidentified assailant. Oh, okay. Oh, dear. For those not familiar with Fox News, Carlson is the one with the expression on his face like he just had a porcupine crawl out of his rectum. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know so, exactly who you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's good. Well... While details of the assault were kept sketchy, sources inside Fox News, speaking off the record because, well, no one at Fox News is authorized to tell the truth, have been told the clown car update that uh, some of the, uh, the details of the event 
according to one source, Mr. Carlson, while he was alone in his dressing room, uh, shedding his skin, uh, <laughs> was attacked by an unknown assailant just before he was to appear on his white supremacy news hour. Okay. According to the source, the assailant got his robes all in a knot because of a news story that Tucker Carlson hates Trumple Stilskin. Okay. Okay. As was reported this week, text messages between Carlson and his fellow Coven members, Sean Hannity and Lauren Ingram, revealed that they were ready to dump Trump like a bowel movement on Taco Tuesday. No. Thank you. Yeah, you're gonna let hey, that please. let that go down. There you go. Oh, oh. Was, was that a classified document at the end there? I, right, I think so. <laughs> okay, uh, according to the witness, the attacker used a rolled-up news uh, New York Times containing the account of his emails and texts, and began beating Carlson while screaming, "Truth will not replace us." Right. <laughs> now, one witness described the attack. Uh, and, and said that it was like watching the Pillsbury Doughboy beaten into a pizza shell. <laughs> oh my Meanwhile, surgeons at the reptile department of Bethesda Veterinary Emergency Department spent six hours in surgery trying to repair the damage caused by this uh, brutal newspaper beating. Okay. A spokeswoman for the hospital described the injuries as a horrific sight, even worse than what he looks like on television. <laughs> and at our briefing shortly after the procedure, Dr. Vinny Boombots. Boombots. You know him. Love <laughs> Chief him. of. <laughs> What's that? Sir? I said, oh, we love him. <laughs> yes, Dr. Vinny Boombots. You, you, you know him. Yeah, he's he's been on CNN too with. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> with Sanjay. Uh, Chief of Reconstructive and Serpentine Surgery indicated that Carlson should be able to return to his normal time slot, but the newspaper beating he took this week, and this is a quote from Dr. Bumbats, will likely wipe that smirk off his face permanently. <laughs> there you go, right? <laughs> but, uh, Joe. You didn't tell us what the rolled-up newspaper was. Was it the New York Post? <laughs> no, it was the National Enquirer. I was going to ask the, the National the Enquirer. Post, but. <laughs> no, the National Enquirer, I think. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> either that or, or – uh, what was the one that Stormy used? Didn't she have uh, his his uh, rolled-up uh, magazine? <laughs> oh, Sports oh. Illustrated. Sports Illustrated. <laughs> That's funny. Him getting hit with anything that had to do with sports. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. Okay, so, uh, so you know, uh, Tucker took a beating this week. Yeah, he, he, he did. Uh, but that smirk is still there. Mm. So take my advice, uh, Daryl, and uh, just, just, like, turn your – phone on in the morning and if there's not a headline that says Trump is dead there's no point in looking at the rest of the nose right go on well no I I get that I uh I quit watching news I mean I'm still I'm still reeling over to he got smacked with a National Enquirer newspaper <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's uh that's good stuff 
but no, I, I, I was on a live yesterday on TikTok and we were talking about media and how things don't get reported, you know, uh, here in Columbus, Ohio, um, I want to say last year or year before last, we had two unarmed black men killed by police. Uh, one was walking into his apartment and he was shot and killed uh, by a Franklin County Sheriff's deputy. Shot in the back five times. Wasn't the suspect. They have no idea why this uh, sheriff was even there. Um, and then another one, he was trying to start his car early in the morning to go to work. And uh, a nosy neighbor called the police on him. He comes walking out of his garage. And within 10 seconds of him walking out of his garage, he had a bullet in his chest. Wow. And we, it was reported on on the days that it happened, and that's that's what that's what I'm saying. With when it comes to media, they don't follow up. And um, yeah, I I get what you're saying there. I I just I, I wish media would follow up, even our local media. You know what I mean? Sure. Mm-hmm. But. The problem, of course, is that the local media has been so depleted, has been so consolidated. Um, you know, there used to be every major new- newspaper and every major news network had its own foreign correspondent. So there was someone based in London and someone based, based in, uh, you know, in, in Tokyo and someone based just in, you know, all these important places so that they all had a chance to report. But now there's one guy, one woman, one journalist who is, feeds the media line and everyone echo chambers it. So you think you're seeing sources, and I keep telling people you have to double source everything and check where the source came from. Because just because you see it in the L.A. Times and in the Cleveland Plain Dealer, or then you see it it even across the globe, you know, in the English, in the Guardian, doesn't mean it isn't. Look at the name. Look who it's coming from. Because a lot of times it's the same stupid article being reported over and over and I won't post anything that I have not double sourced that I can't find two different people. Um, And I see people rushing, you know, they all want to be first. They want to have the headline. They want to have the breaking news. But if you don't get that double source, you're just playing right into the fool's game and you're you're publishing propaganda, not news. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, so my gripe with the, with the, with the, uh, the media has always been the uh, both siderisms that mm-hmm. goes on in and the on MSNBC even and and mm-hmm. CNN uh, and and there was an article some time ago in Washington Post about the politicalization of the news media and it said how political the news publication has changed the way. Generally, the news media follows and does the news because it treats everything like there's a legitimate debate when there is no legitimate debate. That's exactly. Right. You know what I would like to say? I would like to see the headline that says Donald Trump is taking the perp walk this morning before I see the headline that says he's dead, because I'd like to see that before anything else. Yeah, I want him to live a long-suffering life. Right. You know what I'd like to see? I'd like to see him 
die while they're perp whacking them. But, <laughs> but that would be perfect. That might be. Um, that might be this week. I don't know. Do, do they have to uh, uh, book him if he's indicted? Hmm. Yeah. Well, I guess. Do we have to do? Do we have to do a fingerprinting and a uh, mugshot? Let's uh, see. God I would for, pay forbid, good money shot. for a real mugshot. That would be, you know, and that's why even with Alvin Bragg statements, whatever, you know, until the word, until they can all say that it's going to be New York, it's going to be Atlanta, it's going to be the DOJ, whoever. You know what? When? When? When it happens, I'll pay attention to it. <laughs> right. Otherwise, it's still just speculate, speculation. Joe, I just want to piggyback off what you just said, because you could not be more right. When 100 scientists are interviewed about the effects of global climate change and 97 scientists agree, and three take the right-wing bullshit, you know, paid by oil companies approach, the media treats it as a both sides are equal. Instead of saying 97, 97% of your time should be paid, paid attention to the people who actually are telling you the truth. Mm-hmm. If you feel an obligation to present a counter view, point, then you also have an obligation to say a tiny minority paid by oil companies and fossil fuel people want you to believe this. Right. Not 50-50, because every time they do it both sides, they make you think 50-50, when it's far from that. And this is in every aspect of our politics. Well, isn't that the same argument that we've heard from you know, when people say, oh, well, you got two wings on the same bird, both sides of the same coin. That, that's kind of the same argument when we talk about the media now. Mm-hmm. Again, 75 percent of Americans believe a woman's right in a woman's right to choose. That's right. But you will not see that anywhere on corporate media. They present it as if the right wing has some kind of. You know that, and the 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 Christo fascism of taking a Christian point of view. You know, again, as a Jew, and while I'm not a religious Jew, I'm a very proud ethnic Jew. But the Jewish Bible is very clear: life begins at breath of life. When the when it, when a fetus takes its first breath of life and is born, that's when the rights, human rights, are accrued to that to that ba- now a baby. That's it, and yet that's ignored. And it's not given any attention. And that's why there are some Jewish groups suing these right-wing states because what they're asking to do is so against religion. And if you're going to put religion into this government and you're that stupid, then you have to put all the religions in. And then you're in flagrant violation of the Constitution anyway. Right. And see, so, well, that, and see, that, there's, there's the oxymoron, too, of, of, the, of the Catholic Church. Because, you know, the Catholic Church is so anti-abortion, yet they don't believe in the birth, in, in that the baby is, 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 you know, until it, take, it takes its first breath as well. That's why the, the, the Catholic Church doesn't baptize stillborn babies. There you go. As opposed to the conservatives who believe that life begins at the candlelight dinner the night before. Right. <laughs> oh, yep. so T, don't feel that you have to answer this. I'm just curious. Have you had children? No, no, okay. no. I'm a wonderful auntie to a lot of kids. I, I and those make the best because <laughs> I, I am I am the aunt from hell. I spoil my my nieces and nephews like mad. <laughs> so my great nephew turned two yesterday. Daryl, do you have children? Yes. Okay. Yes, I have. I have one son. Okay, and Joe, I know you've got kids. Yeah, two dogs. 
No, but you have children. You have friends. <laughs> no, I don't. Oh, you don't. I don't know why we. Th- I thought we talked. About- All right, never mind. Okay, so Daryl, your wife and I then are the only people here, so to speak, who've given birth. I have had three children. Um, so let me just say, without threat of being too too um, too big. Uh, these right-wing men have no fucking idea what they're talking about. They know nothing about pregnancy. They know nothing about the human woman's body. They know nothing about anatomy. They don't know what an ectopic pregnancy is. They don't know anything about conception. They don't know anything about fetal development. They are ignorant fools. So my simple explanation is if you want a patriarchal society, men have to take responsibility first, which means you need to outlaw masturbation because every sperm is sacred. Right. <laughs> End of discussion. Because I have I have gotten pregnant three times and I have birthed three babies. You just ruined every teenage boy's afternoon. Right? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell's wrong with you? Doesn't it? <laughs> Listen, I have a grandson almost 20. I'll apologize to him later. (laughs) That's like a friend of mine was telling me about he was at work and this one lady, they were talking about stuff. And and, uh, she's like, I just don't understand. She had a teenage son. She goes, I just don't understand why we're going through so much cream rinse. I've been buying that cream rinse in the shower. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sitting there laughing. Somebody you don't, somebody you don't want to shake hands with. You know, you don't want to touch the murder weapon. I, you know, I taught Lamaze. I was a certified Lamaze instructor, so I did birthing classes. And actually, my parenting work grew out of that because we would have a, at at the point that everyone had given birth. The six weeks later, we would have a big reunion party where everyone got to show off their babies and. I was very lucky that during my career, we didn't lose any babies. Everyone had a healthy birth. Um, But that's when the phone calls all started. And I'm talking back in the 70s, late 70s into the early 80s. What happened was parents would call me and say, okay, fine. You were a great coach. You got us through birth and delivery. What the hell are we doing with these children, these babies? (laughs) We don't know how to parent. And my whole parenting career, the 25 years I was a parent coach, grew out of the fact that there were more questions afterwards. Then you're raising a human. You're trying to raise a child, you know, and and it's always, and Daryl, I know you can jump on this one, they're always your child, no matter how old, no matter how many children they they have, you know, they're always trying to continue to grow the best humans you can. He's a special boy. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Well, based on based on your conquer, Joe, I mean, do you really think I mean, they're saying this if, if Dominion wins this this lawsuit mm. and gets what is it? One point six billion dollars out of Fox News. Well, remember, that's yeah. that's what they're asking. Uh, that's what they're asking in uh, in a settlement. But there's also punitive damages that are undefined yet. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, a jury could could also come back and give them the 1.6 billion and give them 3 billion in punitive damage. Yeah. And what about the Smartmatic lawsuit? I don't hear anything about it. I thought yeah. that was also important. I think that's in addition to the Dominion one. But the bottom line is even if even if Dominion wins, you know this is they're going to appeal and this is going to be tied up and go to go to the appeals court and then, or is this in New York state or is this in federal court? I think it's in uh I don't know. You know what? I think this one might be in federal court. Yeah, because if it's federal court, then it will go up to, guess what? (laughs) 
The U.S. Supreme Court. They'll appeal they, it all the I way. I think up. Dominion also asked for summary judgment. Mm-hmm, they did. Which means they don't, yeah, they don't want to go to a jury trial. A judge should be able to look at the clear-cut evidence of how Fox News lied and uh, go ahead and make a summary judgment. But I don't think, I honestly don't think that will happen. I don't either. But I would love to see if it's in federal court because they don't air federal court trials. Okay, it's, it's um, in a state court. It is in federal I court. I would love to. It is? Okay. Wait because it's, because it's, a light, it's, a, it's, a, it's a it's a Sullivan case. So, it, yeah. So it, we would kinda, only be able to see transcripts. Probably, because uh, it's a Sullivan case, and it probably will go back to the Supreme Court, who will have to rehear Sullivan again. It was filed in Delaware. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to find out exactly what where, which court, but it, I'm looking it up to, but it just says uh, filed the, in a court in Delaware. It would have to be a federal district court because of the liability laws, which were are supported by Sullivan. So that's where they're going to end up. They're going to end up at the Supreme Court arguing Sullivan again. Right. <clears throat> well, maybe Murdoch will be dead by then, too. I yeah. don't think so. Well, we'll see. That's very, that's very possible. I think what will yeah. happen to Murdoch is that his ghost will, will go into uh, – We'll go into uh, uh, Tucker Carlson. Yeah. Okay, I got it, by the way. It's the yeah. U.S. District Court in Delaware. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Found it. Right. So it's going to end up at the Supreme Court, and they're going to end up arguing Sullivan again. And you know the Supreme Court loves to overrule precedent. Mm. Yeah. Well, well, we'll see. But uh, moving on to uh, some more little funny things here. Uh, uh, Tim Miller was on um, that Showtime show that John Hallman has. What, what's it called? The Political carnival or something like that mm-hmm. uh and he was like that, yeah. yeah he was interviewing uh one carrie lake haley and uh, pompeo in there saying that we've lost three straight elections that it's time to change the strategy maybe appeal out to more moderate voters uh you just lost an election what say you to that well they like to say we lost elections we're having corrupt stolen elections okay we're having corrupt stolen elections president trump won that election he did there was corruption i know you don't believe it and you don't want to look at but, and but, they stole the election think, from me, and you guys have But don't you think you really lost the election because you didn't reach out to the McCain voters, the Blake voters? You, you told the McCain voters to get out of the room. No, it didn't. And you, know you, and you campaigned that's, hard MAGA. That's fake news. I went to your last <laughs> event. It was Steve Bannon. Wow. There's all these people. <laughs> Appealing to my people, you wouldn't be appealing to moderate Republicans. Maybe you would have won if you would have done that. May I have a word? Did you want to do me to interview you? Because you seem to be doing all the talking. No, that's the question. It was a year before the election when I had a financial nuclear bomb dropped on me by a McCain Republican. She dropped thirty million dollars in attack ads. We were joking around. I said, "Are we have McCain Republicans or America First Republicans in here?" And I brought the establishment together. Let me finish. I brought the establishment together. Unfortunately, a few of them didn't come over, and they rigged the election. I know you don't believe, and you refuse to look at you refuse to look at the evidence. Okay? I do look at the evidence. No, you I don't. wasn't at no, your you campaign rally three days before the election. You didn't have McCain's there. You didn't have the Ducey's there. They were welcome there. I I actually reached, I reached out to Ducey, and I reached out to all of those people. They didn't want to come around. I can't help it, but what I do have are independents and Democrats. How old are you? I'm 41. You're 41, and you dress like a 13 year old. Oh, Carrie, come on. We shouldn't end on that. She's arguing, making up a bunch of BS, and when he calls her out on it, the best thing she can do is is cha- is uh, 
criticize the way he's dressed? Mm. <laughs> you know, um, I, I would like to remind everyone there is a quote. It's an important quote. It's attributed to Socrates, but there's no evidence that Socrates ever said it. But it goes like this. When the debate is lost, slander becomes the tool of the loser. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly. what happened. She was losing the debate, so she insulted him. That was her. It is a tried and true GOP technique, and no one has mastered it better than, uh, wait, what is he? The Mango Mussolini? What do you want to call him? Drum Fuhrer? Whatever you want to call that bastard. Trumple Stilskin. Right. There you go. Right. Right. Well, and uh, and uh, also we saw DeSantis this week. I mean, you know, he was supposedly going to pass. They, they were talking about this blogger bill to where, you know, you would have to register with the state to be able to criticize him or anybody else in, the, in, in, a, in a government role. And it's like everybody's just like, seriously, really, really? <laughs> yeah. You know, isn't. And this is the funny thing, I think, about the Republican Party. You had Carrie Lake there, the, the clip you just played, another election denier who denied her election, uh, her election loss, I guess you could say. She denied that. It went to court. They were like, yeah, you're on something, but you lost, clearly. So now it's got to go to the Supreme Court or whatever court it goes to next. And Mike Lindell is talking about he's got all the evidence like he's been screaming for two and a half years now. <laughs> He's Everybody's got all this evidence, yet not a single one of them, when it's time to produce the evidence, not a single one of them can ever produce this evidence. Mm-hmm. And now we have a situation where you 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 just keep putting these people in place to lose. And when you get crawled to the carpet on it, your only defense is to personally insult somebody. Mm-hmm. And with all that with just about every single debate leading up to the midterms. We saw how uh, we saw how uh, Marjorie Trader Green. Um, I'm sorry, excuse me, Marjorie Taylor Green. We saw how she did it to Marcus Flowers. We remember how Donald Trump did it to Joe Biden, and that was a perfect uh, segue with the reporter and Carrie Lake. Mm-hmm. She clearly lost her election, and I just don't know where. I don't know how people live. And denial, you know, denial is not just a river in Egypt. It's right. a state of mind <laughs> exactly. that these folks live in. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. Yeah, yeah. Well, DeSantis it, uh, went, he, he went, uh, you know, <laughs> digging that hole <laughs> with his blogger bill backtracking. Like, no, you know, it's like he got so much, so much pushback from it that he, he ran away from that. Like, I ain't touching that with a 10-foot pole, right? <laughs> Exactly. And I said, I, I mean, when I heard about that, I was like, well, okay, bring it. I don't live in Florida. And I can say anything I want to about Ron DeSantis and the Florida legislature can't pass anything that would that, that would apply to me because I don't live in Florida. <laughs> Nobody lives in Florida. You know, it's ridiculous. But uh, anyway, he went backtracking. <laughs> Like I said, I don't, I don't know what it is they're on. What they, you know, I mean, it's just like the drag queen bill in Tennessee. You these know, broad latitude statements. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, the, it, it's. I just, I. <laughs> excuse me. I, I just, I don't get it. I don't understand how our country has been so 
uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Brainwashed. Right. Exactly. Yeah. They're what I call headline hoochies. Hmm. It's the shame that what we've done is, and we see our fellow Americans doing this. I think they call it the Dunning-Kruger effect. Right. Yes. Where no matter how much information, no much how much, no matter how much data you bring to them, well, someone told me, and I heard, becomes their primary focus. Right. The videos from January six. Uh, see, they're showing the real deal. Wait a minute, they're editing this. Mm-hmm. Those videos have been out there for three what? Almost three years now. Right. Mm-hmm. You've never seen them. You've well, never seen officers attacked. You've never seen them assaulted. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, is like the whole thing was what did what did Tucker Carlson think was going to happen? He was going to put out this video and then everybody was going to go, oh, well, then I guess all that stuff from the January 6th committee hearing never happened. You know, I mean, seriously. <laughs> yeah. Those police officers weren't attacked. Those windows weren't smashed in. Those doors weren't busted open. They didn't go yelling through, uh, yelling, hang Mike Pence. They didn't build a gallows on the front. Well, he just got, he was just a laughing stock is what it was, you know, but uh, uh, moving ahead. uh, Did you guys see the clip of the the Senate uh, committee hearing where uh, Senator Mark Wayne Mullins from Oklahoma was, was uh, talking or, uh, um, talking with the Teamsters president, Sean O'Brien. <laughs> Did you guys see this? <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. What do you bring for that salary? What do I bring? Yeah. What do you, what do you, what job have you committed or have you, have you, uh, uh, started? What job have you created? One job other than sucking the paycheck out of some other body, somebody else that you want to say that you're trying to provide because you're forcing them to pay dues. And no, we don't force them. Senator, you've asked the you're question. You're out of line. Let them Actually, the I question. haven't. And no, don't tell me I'm out of line. You are out of line. Don't tell me I'm out of line. Well, you, you, you frame, don't tell me. You I'm frame, making a you statement. Frame, you frame third, the statement like a tough guy. Shut your guy. mouth yeah. because you don't know you're what you're talking about. You're going to tell me to shut my mouth? Yes, I did. Hold it. Hold it. Tough guy. I'm not afraid of physical. Hold it. But don't sit there and tell me I'm out of line. Senator. You made a statement. You asked the question. I didn't ask a question. You did it. You did. I answered question. the question. You asked the question about how well, much money let him answer. It was, rhetor- it was a rhetorical let, Well, question. you may think it's rhetorical. It sounded was rhetorical. to me like a question. Let him answer the question. I'm not yielding my time to him. So if you're going to let me keep my time, that's fine. You'll have your time. Let him. You ask your a question. question. He has so, a right to answer that. As far as my salary goes... My salary, if you follow me around, I walk, I actually look at this building. I bet you I work more hours than you do, twice that's, as many that's hours. That's impossible. <laughs> no, that is, that's true. Sir, you don't secondly, know what hard work is. Secondly, if you want to follow yeah. my schedule, be Secondly, be, I'll do it in a minute. Wow. He wouldn't have any of that. <laughs> he didn't what? go up against a union guy, especially a union president. Right. <laughs> he ought to not be an asshole. That's right. right. And Mark Wayne Mullen is a supremely stupid man and quite the asshole. <laughs> wow. Wow. He, he wasn't taking any of his crap. Nope. <laughs> and Bernie was like, let him answer the question. Let him answer the question. You're not taking my time. Well, then why'd you ask him the question? Jesus. Well, that's it, that's what they do all the time. Mm-hmm. They, they'll ask a question and then try to filibuster their way right on through it before anybody give an answer. Right. You know, they did the same thing with Cory Bush and Lauren Boebert. Well, uh, speaking of which, speaking of which, here it is. Corey, yeah. Corey Bush is the ranking member. And for those of you out there listening that may not know how this works, whenever whoever is in charge of the House, 
Whoever has the most seats gets to all the chairmanships of the committee, and the opposite party becomes the person, the highest ranking member is called the ranking member. So Cori Bush is the ranking member member of this committee, and they had in um, this uh, gentleman, and uh, this happened. Future events can be best ameliorated or prevented by reducing our demand for and our reliance on fossil fuels. But my Republican colleagues have unironically invited for-profit think tank and oil titans whose expertise is in maximizing profits, especially at the expense of our black, our brown, and our indigenous neighbors' health, safety, and well-being. One of these so-called energy experts is a philosopher who has previously espoused white supremacist views. For instance, in his 2000 college newspaper, he wrote, quote, the African and American Studies Department has 23 classes. In many of these classes, African culture is presented. Mr. Chairman, not as I demand inferior. the gentlelady's words be taken down. She just called the witness a white supremacist. No, I referred to the words, not to the person, not to him. The words. The gentlelady is referring to the witness's statement and referred the to him words. as a white supremacist. I would like a parliamentary into having the woman's words taken down. The chair recognizes uh, Congresswoman Boebert. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I would like a parliamentary inquiry into taking down uh, the gentlelady's words, the ranking member's words, uh, for insinuating that our witness made white supremacist statements using his words. Okay. The, um, the, the chair cannot take down words that are directed toward a witness only to other members. Oh. The chair recognizes Ranking Member Bush to continue her opening statement. Mr. Chairman, parliamentary inquiry. State your inquiry. Um, is it appropriate for the ranking members to show respect to the witnesses who are here present in the committee room today? I think it would obviously be uh, warranted to show respect for any witness. I, I would like that um, sentiment to be expressed and the members to be reminded to show respect to our witnesses who are here today. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I yield. Thank you. Chair recognizes uh, Ranking Member Bush. As I was saying, <laughs> As I was the saying. African and African American Studies Department, this is the quote, has 23 classes. In many of these classes, African culture is presented not as inferior to Western culture, but as on equal footing with it. In other departments, the same is done with Latin American, Indian, and American Indian culture, end quote. When confronted about these views over two decades later, rather than disavow them, he doubled down on this narrative saying, quote, it has nothing to do with skin color. I was arguing that those cultures overall are inferior to Western culture. We are not inferior to any culture, speaking as a descendant of one of those cultures. Wow. Boom shakalaka, <laughs> boom shakalaka, boom shakalaka, and boom boom shakalaka goes, goes right, right there. there. Wow. <laughs> and Mr. Chairman, I don't like Miss. I don't like Kathy passing notes in, in class about me. Yeah, maybe maybe we should talk. Uh, she should go talk to Senator uh, Mark Wayne Mullins about showing respect. <laughs> Yeah. For for well, the witnesses, maybe she should have shut up. What's that? <laughs> maybe she should have shut up. Right? <laughs> yeah, and she should learn with 
what a supremacist is, not a supremacist. No, right. <laughs> can, can we just can we just take a moment and congratulate Lauren Boebert with all of her family values? Yeah. All of her Christian ethics, her moral compass. Can we just take a moment and congratulate her on becoming a grandmother after her 17-year-old son has impregnated a 15-year-old girl? Right. <laughs> well, at least she didn't have an abortion. Right. When you're in the Sarah Palin school of, of GOP women, you're in a low and, and it took her 12 years to get her GED, four tries and, tw- you know, 12 years. And she didn't get it until 2020 until she decided to run for office. Right. Yeah. And the, uh, yeah, was go it? Ahead, I'm sorry. Was, was it? And she got enough money to pay somebody to take the test. Yeah. Who, Probably. who was that that was started calling her uh, dumb Sarah Palin? <laughs> Which is, oh, jeez. How low, you know. Um, I, I'd like to just say, Cori Bush is, besides the fact, just an awesome human being. She just calls it as she sees it. After January 11th, she said, in case you forgot, Republican members of Congress incited an insurrection, refused to convict the former president, and are now working around the clock to cover up their actions. I'm not interested in compromise with members that have no interest in governing. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's our Corey. So I, I'm going to take her word over the the uh, uh, what do we what do we call her QAnon Veronica, right? Yeah, I have a I have a totally different name for her, but I don't think it's appropriate on this broadcast. Oh, of course it is. Spell it. Oh yeah, we have a we have a curse uh, jar. Just throw right. some money in it. Right there I've you. Been, ever, ever since I discovered her OnlyFans account, I've been calling her Lauren Holbert. <laughs> Yes, well, I had this clip for Sarah Not Palin. To mention that she is married to her husband, who is a twice convicted SA offender. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. but she's again, she's got this moral compass and her ethics and her Christian beliefs. But when it comes to her exercising those beliefs, doesn't matter about her; it's about everybody else. And that is the hypocrisy of our democracy right now. Yeah. Well, I had this clip for uh, Sarah Palin, but I think. I think it works just as well for Miss Bobert. She's a goddamn succubus. Succubus trying to take my baby. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Again, <I> love South Park. <laughs> right. Yeah. So we'll close out this week with uh, one uh, uh, delegate, Stacy Plaskett. <laughs> she's the delegate from the Virgin Islands, which means she's just like delegate uh, Eleanor Holmes Norton in D.C., who doesn't get to vote on the floor. But she is the ranking member of uh, one of these committees. I, I, you know, I'm, I've lost track of how many of these crazy committees they have. <laughs> but you know, Jim Jordan seems to be chairing about half of them. So. <laughs> but they got into a little throwdown here. It went on like that. Whole debacle lasted about three hours. The committee's vice chair quickly lost patience with the chairman's theatrics. Frankly, I think they're brave individuals for being willing to come after they've been named in a letter from the Biden FTC. Is this your question, Tom, now? No, I'm responding to your ridiculous uh, statements you made in your in your opening statement. Okay, well, let's get on with it. Oh, now <laughs> we want to get on with it. So you I can did. say all the things you want. And I, point I did out in my facts. opening statement as well as you had an opening statement. The you chair. said what you needed to say in your opening statement. And I, as the ranking member, have Without used objection, my time. Without objection, all other opening statements will be included in the record. The ranking member of the Committee on the Weaponization of Government is asking for your sources. If I never asked them for their sources. Yes, I did, did not we, ask for sources. You know I asked the if they were talking not, to the Elon Musk. Not, not and they said that they were not talking. Well, you are not well, going to 
to say I'm I've asked back for to, sources. I, uh, I want to focus on the First Amendment, just like protecting the First Amendment, just like these guys. Point do. of order, Mr. Chair. Are you going to respond after every? No, I'm everything? taking my five minutes. This is I your, can take oh, my your five oh, minutes. Oh, it's your five minutes I now. I take my five minutes when 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 I want to, and I'm taking my five okay, minutes. Okay, great. Now. Yeah, thank you. Right, I think she was just saying. Shit Right. <laughs> she was That's not exactly having it. what she was saying. Yeah, she was not having it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. She could have also said, uh, "Suck it up, cupcake." <laughs> <laughs> right. So with that. Thank you. Well, you know, we, we say on Stephanie Miller, it's black women who are going to save this country. And every day I am utterly grateful to my black sisters for helping make that true. That's right. They, they call it the uh, early warning system. That's right. <laughs> Our black and women. Corey Bush, Stacey Plackett, over and over. Maxine Waters, the great auntie of all of us. You know, they are not ceding any ground and they show us the path. Which is why I really want Fannie Willis to indict Trump first. That's right. <laughs> yeah, before the Georgia, Georgia legislature tries to throw her out of out of office. So, exactly. Get moving. Let's get it done. Let's get it done. So, d- thanks everyone for joining us today, Daryl. Tell people where they can check you out. Uh, you can find me over at TikTok, S W I R V ninety one or Swervin ninety one or Swervin seventy three. I have two accounts there. Um, and this, in the coming weeks, we're going to uh, be ramping up uh, our charitable contributions again. So uh, there's a cash app there, and all of that money will be going to help the houseless folks here in Columbus, Ohio. When we go and uh, my wife's company has donated quite a bit. We have 200 home COVID tests, about 1,000 face masks, wow. uh, satchel bags. Uh, that was donated by my wife's organization. Uh, and we're going to be going and getting some more things, making care packages for it. And we're going to be headed down to Tent City here again pretty soon. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, everybody, just, too, just a reminder COVID's not over because a friend of ours got it and was down for two weeks with it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's still out there. And we're all yeah. vaccinated, too. So, so yeah, just stay safe. And T, where can people check you out? You can check me out over on Tickety Talk uh, at T underscore Bone1961. Also, I'm still on Twitter. <laughs> you can look me up as at Teresa Black 7771. All right. Thank you, T and Sue. Thank you for having me back again. And you can find me all over social media. Also at Twitter at 841-920-MEMA6. That's M-E-E-M-A-6. And on every other social media site at Sue in Rockville. Come find me. And if you have time, check out our books on Instagram at Bren Books. B-R-E-N-B-O-O-K-S. All right. Thank you so much, Sue. And Joe? Well... You can't find me on Twitter because as I look back, I see the smoldering ashes of the bridge I burned. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you can't find me on uh, Mastodon uh, at Marnus3 at mstdn.party and on Facebook and on WordPress, jsantorsa.wordpress.com, where I publish the Clown Car Update every week and Friday nights, 7 to 10 Eastern. I'm over there where Kenny Pick. And we're doing a show called It Came From Cleveland on RadioForHumans.com. Thank you so much, Joe. 
And you can follow me not on the Twitter, because I am not on the Twitter anymore. <laughs> but I'm on the Facebook and the Instagram and the tic- and the uh, not on the TikTok, actually. But, but Tim, you didn't burn that bridge like the I did. The Mastodon. Yeah, I know. But it <laughs> <laughs> doesn't matter. My account's gone. So <laughs> but uh, Tim Gormal, at Tim Gormal, on all of those uh, Mastodon, Instagram, and uh, and uh, Elwin, the Spoutable, too. So... So with that, we'll close out the show this week with our good buddy Lauren's latest song, What Have They Got Against Drag? I agree with you, Lauren. What have they got against drag? So take it away, and we will see you all soon. There's one party nowadays for whom hate is the latest craze. The platform in the GOP is bigotry, bigotry, bigotry. Scared of men dressed like a girl, but they were fine with Milton Berle or their beloved Ronnie and Rudy Giuliani. So what do they got against drag? These new laws would not let us see a show like Mulan or Victor Victoria, Medea, Tootsie, Cabaret, Rent. They'd park most of Shakespeare, also Joan of Arc. If they want to talk about grooming, pastor child abuse is booming. Two, four, six, I let the drag queen spread some joy. Saying it's for kids would make more sense if they'd shield kids from gun violence. So let's ignore this hateful blitz from hypocrites, hypocrites, hypocrites. The real outrage they should be catching's all those toddler beauty pageants. So folks, I hope yes, say no to homophobia. God against hot against hatred. We fought against. What do they got against drag? Don't stop the video. Just one more quick thing, and I promise I'll be fast. If you enjoy these weekly videos, I hope you'll consider supporting them so I can keep them going. You can do that for as little as $2 a month, and you get fun rewards. Check out my Patreon link and other support options in the description below, and I promise I'll keep helping you laugh at news that might otherwise make you cry. Thanks!